0: Hello, and welcome to What The Bump. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse and a certified labor doula. This podcast is created to inform and empower every woman on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me here every Monday at 9 a.m. as we dive into all things prenatal, birth, postpartum, and so much more. So let's jump in today. Welcome to another episode of What The Bump. Savannah is here to tell her birth story. So thank you for being here and thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for having me. (laughs) All right. Starting off, tell us a little bit about who you are um, and about your family.
1: So my name is Savannah. I am 25 um, and I am a personal trainer. I have a specialization in pre and postnatal training, and I'm getting another certification that's specific to like women's health and fitness. Um, And yeah, and I have a five-month-old baby boy.
0: Awesome. That is so exciting. I love that you, you know, do, I I mean, I've always followed you on Instagram and I see you like working out and, and you give tons of great like tips and advice. Do you take clients like in person or online? So I was taking clients online and
1: then with, I guess more so my pregnancy, which I guess we'll get into, I kind of had to stop because I was so sick that I couldn't even like work out myself so I kind of stopped. I do want to start taking on clients now that I'm kind of getting back in the swing of things and such, but no, I've kind of taken a big break from that, but I've still kept up on my continuing education certification and stuff like that.
0: Well, you know, being a mom, I think I read something the other day that it's like the hours of, you know, it varies, but People say it's the hours of working like two and a half full time jobs. And I believe it. So yeah, it's what I it understand like that you take a break. <laughs> I went back from maternity leave for, to the hospital for like, I think maybe like two months. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. Like it was the worst two <laughs> oh, no. months of my life. Um, I was sure. like, I feel like I'm working four jobs right now. So yeah. I left the hospital. Spoiler alert, everybody I'm so knows happy that. For you. <laughs> yes, I am too. Um, okay, so let's get into your pregnancy then. Tell me about finding out you were pregnant.
1: So we were trying, and it took us about three, three months, three tries. And on the third try, we got our positive pregnancy test. We we're actually at the beach in Maryland with my husband's family. Um, I started just kind of feeling off. I actually forgot all of my bathing suits, all of like my beach attire. And in my head, I was like, pregnancy brain has hit me very <laughs> early. I think I should take a test. And I took a test. I just had one of those like cheapy, like, I think they're like the pregnant, like strip test yes. from Amazon. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. Um, and I took one and the line was like, so, 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 so faint, but I sent it to my friend who was in nursing school. And I'm like, I think this is positive. She was like, you need to go get like a real test, like a clear blue first response. And so I had a plan to like tell my husband super cutely. Um, but it didn't kind of work out. I was like, Hey, I'm like, I forgot my bathing suit stuff. And I forgot all my period stuff. Like I need to go to CVS. Um, and I was like, you can just stay in the car you know, I'll just run in and get it. Cause I was going to try to like hide it and like talk, yeah. tell him at the beach. Um, I was like, no, I'm going to come in with you. Blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, Oh, so I kind of like tried to sneak in, like, just like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to grab this pregnancy test. Cause we were trying and he was like, you have tests with you. And I'm like, yeah, but like, I really want this one. And so <laughs> he was like, you know, something I'm like, yes, I, I, I'm, pretty sure I'm pregnant. I have a very faint positive. And um, so he found
0: out in the CVS aisle pretty much. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. So I took
1: the test at like five o'clock in the morning. Cause I wanted it to be like, what is it? They say like first morning urine is like yeah. the strongest and I could not sleep. So I woke up at five o'clock and I woke <laughs> him up and I'm like, do you want to take this with me? He's like, I know you're pregnant. And so oh. I took it. And of course I was pregnant. And then I probably took pregnancy tests every other day for about Eight weeks. As we I was, all do. Yeah. Yes. I was like a chronic pregnancy test taker. Um, but yeah, so pregnant, I didn't have any morning sickness until around nine weeks. And then uh I was just sick. Um, so
0: interesting. So it hit you really late.
1: It hit me really late. And so I think that's why I was sick until probably about 18, 20 weeks, mm-hmm. just because it hit me super late. Right. Um Uh, The only thing I could keep down was Chick-fil-A. These like off-brand, like organic Skittles called Giggles that I would just order from Amazon and sweet tea or no half unsweet, half unsweet tea. That was like my thing. Um, and I basically survived off of that. Oh, super it's healthy! It's Chick-fil-A's the
0: <laughs> Lord's food. That's why you could keep it down. Yes, exactly. it was blessed. <laughs> yes, I would try to make
1: myself like scrambled eggs and berries and like toast and like try to be healthy. I couldn't do it. I would just throw it all up, and then I'd go to the Chick-fil-A Aww. drive-through, and I could eat a large fry, Chick-fil-A sandwich, a large half-sweet half unsweet tea, and I was like good to go. It was wow. so weird. It was so weird. <laughs> You know um, what
0: though, those first, like, well, I was going to say those first few weeks, but for you, yeah. it's kind of like those mid few weeks, yeah. you really are just trying to survive. Like whatever you can keep down. I mean, I remember I'm like you very like health centered, working out, eating healthy, not like yeah. psychotically, but I enjoy right. it. That's, that's yeah. the lifestyle we live. Yeah. Um, so when I was pregnant and I was like, oh my gosh, all I want is a burger. It's like, I yep. just crave burgers. And I was like, you know what, this is like for, you know, two months out of my entire life. I'm just going to exactly. indulge in it and let it go. Exactly.
1: I was like, well, um, either eat Chick-fil-A or starve myself and my baby. We're just going to go with Chick-fil-A. Yes. Um, so I hit, I think like red status, like very fast on the app. I was like, and they always gave me like free Chick-fil-A sandwiches. I swear every time I like pulled in the parking lot, I got like a notification for like free food, which was so funny. Um, but, but yeah, so I did at my initial visit have a, subchorionic hemorrhage, mm-hmm. but I was never symptomatic with it. Okay. Um, and then that disappeared by the time my anatomy scanned. So I didn't have any complications or any issues. I always, you know, measured fine. Baby was good. I had, other than morning sickness and some food aversions, I had a pretty standard by the book pregnancy.
0: Yeah. And and for anybody who does not know this subchorionic hemorrhage, hematoma, it's mentioned a lot on the podcast um it's a fairly common thing i would say it's basically where you kind of get a little bleed or like pocket of blood um somewhere behind the placenta some women and and what savannah says when she says i wasn't symptomatic which means she like didn't have any bleeding from it um some people bleed with them i had one with adeline i bled scared the heck out of me scared the heck out of everybody um so it is kind of common too when you have them for that blood to end up coming out at some point but sometimes your body just reabsorbs it um so probably what happened for you
1: yes I was so terrified when I heard that I was like oh my gosh and then I was just of course petrified of miscarriage and I mean I like I was just super anxious but the nurse and my midwife reassured me she's like I promise I see probably these two or three times a day yes and they rarely cause complications even if you end up bleeding right um but but yeah everything was good and yeah
0: That's awesome. So pretty smooth, um, leading towards the end of pregnancy. What were you, I know you mentioned, I think seeing a midwife. So what was your birth plan birth preferences? Where were you birthing? Who were you birthing with? Um, what did you do to kind of prepare for the birth that you were envisioning?
1: Yeah. So we chose a birth center kind of right outside of Charlotte. Um, I love the birth center. I love the midwives. My prenatal care was phenomenal. All my appointments were like, 45 minutes long to an hour, Amazing. it was awesome. I felt super educated um, and my birth preferences since I was planning a birth center birth was no epidural, um, just a very low intervention you know, unmedicated birth. Um, I took the built to birth course yes. by, um, Bridget Tyler, I think her name is. Yep. Um, and it was wonderful. I, I loved it. My husband took it with me. We both learned a lot. He is now like a birth advocate. Almost. it's so funny. I love like, that. Yeah, He like knows almost everything I feel like now, which is, I love it. Um, but yeah, so we were planning that, but the one thing I really like about the birth center is these uh, midwives, cause they were certified nurse midwives. There's a hospital. I think it's like a mile and a half from the birth center and they had privileges there. So in the event of, if I need a transfer, if I risk out of the birth center, they could still take care of me in a hospital setting. So I kind of had that safety net of like, if this doesn't work out the way I would hope it worked out, you know, even if I have to go to a hospital, they are still the providers taking care of me, which I think, you know, mentally now with everything, which I guess you guys will hear later on, um, how it worked out. It was, it was awesome that it was a very seamless, you know, transfer of care. Right. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: that that is great. I, are they opening up another birth center I heard?
1: I think that they're opening up a kind of like family practice that's closer to Charlotte just because they have so many patients that, I mean, love kind of the midwifery care model, but want that for, you know, a family doctor, family oh, practice. So okay. they are opening up a second location. I believe some of your prenatal visits can be there. Um, at their second location, but for like the main ones, like your, I think like
0: glucose screenings, your anatomy scans, those right. have to be in the main office. Dang. I thought that they were opening. It's, I don't know if you mentioned the name, it's natural beginnings birth center yep. in Charlotte or Statesville technically. Um, yeah. I thought they were opening a whole nother birth center and I was so I excited. So yeah, no, I know. Dang it, we need that. We had um baby and co that unfortunately closed down. Anybody who's been in Charlotte for you yeah know, more than five years probably knows that. That's um, where I
1: originally went for my first Well Woman visit because it was close to my house and I was like, Oh yeah, it was right down.
0: Yeah, I've always wanted to
1: have like a very low intervention birth. So I'm like, let me go get my Well Woman visit there. And then when me and my husband start trying, mm-hmm. you know, I'm already kind of in there. I'm familiar with some of the providers, all of that. So
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, dang it. I was hoping I they were maybe one day. Um Okay, so tell us about going into labor. So um, I guess I should
1: start by saying the few days before I went into labor technically on a Sunday night, but the Friday before, um, I just like couldn't sleep for like two or three days. I was just extremely uncomfortable. Um, I was over my due date, which I very much expected. I was, I think, like 40 weeks and like five days or something like that, but um, and I was just super uncomfortable. And I was doing a mile circuit. I was doing, I was trying to eat dates. They made me incredibly sick. Um, every time I'd eat them, I'd throw them up and I'm just Aww. like, I'm not dealing with this anymore. I was drinking red bread, very weak tea. I was doing all the things curb walking, exercising, resting, just all the things. Yes. Um, and then on Sunday, April 17th, so it was Easter Sunday, my family came over and I was 41 weeks exactly. And I just had a feeling. I'm like, I'm going to go into labor. Like, I just, I just felt it. Um, I was like, super, just like grouchy that day too. Like even my mom talking to her now, she was like, I knew like you were going to go into labor that (laughs) night because you (laughs) were just like, not yourself. Um, So we just hung out all day Sunday with people celebrated Easter Sunday. And I was like, I should probably go get some sleep. And my husband, funny enough was always like, you need to start sleeping on a towel in case your water breaks. And I was like, Aaron, that only happens in about like 10% of people before contractions start. Like that is not going to be me, but I still slept with a towel and I go lay down. My husband's in another room, just getting ready for bed. And um, I call him and I'm like, Hey, my water just broke. And (laughs) it was like, I was laying down in bed and I mean, when I say it broke, I felt my son jet make a very large movement. I physically hurt and felt a pop. I was like, oh my gosh, like that, that's what it is. My water broke. Um, So he comes like running in and I'm like, you're going to need to get a towel. I'm not leaking right now, but I know when I stand up, I'm probably going to leak. I did not leak. I gushed. It was like the most dramatic thing. My husband and I are just staring at each other like, oh my gosh, is a baby just going to come out like right now? Like I haven't I had any distractions. I know. And so we're just like staring and he's like grabbing like huge towels and it's just all coming out. And we're just like dying laughing, which is like so funny. And that's like probably one of my favorite memories from my birth. We just like bonded over like what the heck is going on. So Um, I call the midwife and I'm like, Hey, like my water just broke, but I'm really not having any contractions. And she's like, you know, cool. Usually they pick up if you haven't had any and about 12, 24 hours, like you will, you will be in labor. Um, they were like, you know, if you want to, you can still take a shower, get some rest. I promise when your contractions start, you will wake up. You will not sleep through labor. And I'm like, okay. So I went to bed. Couldn't sleep a ton, but then a few hours later I woke up and I started having what felt kind of like period cramps Um, and they were not that painful though, but I timed them and through timing them, they were like, they got to a point where they were like four minutes apart lasting over a minute but they were still like, not painful. And I'm like, what in the world is, like going on? And, you know, I woke my husband up. I'm like, I don't know, like they've been this way for like an hour and a half. And he was like, oh no, like we need to go to the birth center because I'm not catching a baby. You're not having a car baby because the birth center is about 45 minutes from our house. Um, I'm like, yeah, but like, they're just like not painful. Like I expect a birth to be like, horrible. And he's like, you know, maybe you're just going to have like a pain-free birth. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe you're right. (laughs) I'm like, oh, so naive. Um, Oh, it's okay. You've never experienced it before though. No, no. So, I mean, I called the midwife back and she was like, yeah, definitely come in if they're timing like that. She was like, you know, you just don't know. I mean, maybe you do have a really high pain tolerance and you just, you don't know. So I went there, I got checked. I was like, a whopping one and a half centimeters dilated. And I'm like, see, I told you guys, I'm like not in labor, but I am Um, on the way to the birth center. My contraction stopped completely, Mm -hmm. um, which I kind of expected because, you know, you kind of like get excited and like nervous. Um, But I was already scheduled that day because it was now Monday um, for an NST. And I think it was an ultrasound. I think it's called like a biophysical profile. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I was scheduled for one of those and because my water had already broken, they didn't do the ultrasound, um, but they did do the NST while I was there because now it was like at six o'clock in the morning on Monday. They are like, well, there's no point in you driving home and then coming back, you know, two hours later for your NST. So we did an NST. My contractions were about like seven, eight minutes apart, still not painful at all. Baby looked good. And they're like, all right, you kind of have, you know, two options. You can labor here. For a little bit. Let's see if you can get your contractions going. She said, or, you know, you can go home. And I was like, I'm going to be so much more comfortable at home. I'm just going to go home. They were like, you can take a, um, they think they gave me, I don't know if it was like Tylenol PM. They gave me something that I could take if I needed to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so Monday, once again, doing all the things with my water broken, no one told me that when your water breaks, it continuously leaks. So yes. I was wearing like diapers essentially yep. um, walking around my neighborhood did the mile circuit again you know tried to get him I don't I didn't know if he was in like in a bad position but you know Monday came and gone and now Monday evening I'm still like not in labor um, and I'm like okay you know now it's been like 24 hours since my water's broken like what are my options and you know they said There's not too many. If you wanted to do, you know, a castor oil, like the midwife's brew, you can. So I got all the stuff to do that. And they're like, wait until the morning to do it. Just see if your contractions, you know, pick up, you know, overnight. Um, I went to bed. I mean, I still couldn't sleep very well, but I woke up still, still no baby, no contractions. So at like six o'clock in the morning, I like chug this like midwife brew recipe. It was awful. Wait, I'm so glad
0: you're talking about this because I don't think I've ever had somebody on the podcast who's done midwives brew. Did you see, I posted about this on Instagram like a few days ago. And I was like, I want people's opinions on castor oil because it's controversial. So I'm, I'm amazed to hear that your midwives recommended it. Um, will you tell people like, what is the idea behind castor oil? What is it? And what do you drink it? What do you expect to happen?
1: Yeah. So castor oil, apparently it can um, cause your body to release prostaglandins, which is what can cause, which is, I think castor oil is technically a laxative. It is. Um, So it releases prostaglandins to get your bowels to, you know, release whatever it needs to (laughs) contract essentially. Um, And so uh, the thought behind it is if you take it and your bowels are contracting, when it releases prostaglandins, it can kind of kickstart labor. I've had a few friends that have used it and it worked wonderfully for them. I've
0: heard great, great, you know, um, success stories with it. Yeah.
1: So I drank it, kept it down for about an hour and then threw it all up. So um, the idea
0: you did the midwife's brew though. So what did you put into it? Because, Oh yeah, yeah. If you drink castor oil straight up, it is a very strong laxative and it almost always gives you pretty bad diarrhea and it can yep. cause and why it's controversial. It can cause meconium, which is where baby yep. poops inside. So they will have right. you drink midwives brew, which is castor right. oil plus other stuff to kind of bind to that laxative effect and decrease it.
1: Yes. Yeah, so it was castor oil almond butter, which now I cannot eat almond butter. after that. <laughs> no. Um, and then the, oh, I can't remember if it was like some sort of like juice, like, I think like a mango juice that they recommended and yeah. then like something like fizzy. So I chose like Sprite and not good. Um, <laughs> it was so awful. Um, but a few hours later. So I'll get to that point, but I, you know, I drink it and then I ended up throwing it all up. Oh. So I called my midwife. I'm like, oh, I kept it on for about an hour. She's like, it could still work. So don't just like disregard it. And um, they're like, you know, we're about to do, I think it's like shift change. Cause now it's like seven, seven 30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. They're like, we'll have, you know, the midwife that will be taking over. Give you a call because my water broke you know Sunday night and now it's Tuesday morning. So um, I
0: love yeah. that they gave you this much time. Also like, yeah. I knew natural beginnings was obviously a birth center, but I knew they were also CNMs who are governed by a physician. So yeah. I love that they gave you, yeah. you know, three days essentially. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. So, you know, now it's Tuesday morning. Castor oil really isn't working. And, you know, my midwife calls me and I'm like, hey, like, you know, it's not, it's not working. And she's like, you know, yeah, this is, you know, obviously not not normal, essentially, and you know, not what you planned. Um, she's like, you know, you have two options. She said, you can come back into the birth center. Um, I want to do another NST. I want to give you a dose of antibiotics. Now, you know, it's been very long essentially. And if you wanted to drink another midwife brew, you can, um, she said, or, you know, your other option is, you know, we can transfer your care to the hospital. We'll still be taking care of you, but, you know, w- moving your care essentially to the hospital. Um, I said, all right. I said, oh, I'll go ahead and head that way. Um, they're like, you know, stop, get breakfast, get something to eat and give us a call. Um, and after discussing it with my husband, we just decided that a hospital would probably be just the better setting. I didn't know if the castor oil would do anything. And the, what I didn't want to happen is to start at the birth center and then needed to transfer over to the hospital. I'm like, I would just like to just go ahead and settle in a room and, um, just basically, you know, settle in a room, and I'll just have my care there. Like it's okay, um, things are not going as planned, which is fine. I had three different birth plans. I had my perfect birth plan. I had an, like an induction slash hospital transfer birth plan, and I had a C-section birth plan. Awesome. So I was truly okay with whatever happened. Whatever happened was going to happen, and I felt really empowered on the choices that I made because I had those three birth plans. The scenarios weren't. Um, a surprise because I'd already, you know, planned, Oh, if this happens, this is what I want. If this happens, this is what I want. So we got to the hospital. My midwife was there. They get me all like admitted in my nurse was phenomenal. She like grabbed my hand and she was like, Hey, like, I know this is like, not what you wanted. Like, this is not what you planned, but I promise like, we'll be as accommodating, like as we can be. I know like, this is not, you know, not a birth center, you know, but you you know, whatever you want. Do you have a birth plan? If you have one, I would like to make copies. I'll give it to the charge nurse. I'll give it to, you know, whoever else is going to be taking over your care. Um, And then Tuesday, actually was my birthday. So I spent uh, the day, my birthday in the hospital um, and they brought me a fruit tray. They brought me a cupcake that said happy birthday That's on it. So like sweet. it was so sweet. Like I truly had a very good hospital experience. That's okay. um, and so when I got to the hospital, I started back having contractions, but these were actually painful. So I'm like, this is a very good sign. So they checked me and I'm, I think I was like 70% effaced and I was dilated about three centimeters. So they were like, well, before we start like an induction or something on Pitocin, they're like, let's just give you a few hours. Like, let's let you labor. Like you're on monitors. My blood pressure got really high and um, they did like a urine screen. And it turns out I have preeclampsia, which I had not had my entire pregnancy. It just happened to be, I guess the day I went into the hospital, my blood pressure was in like the one fifties, one sixties, and I had protein in my urine. Mm. Um, so that was kind of shocking to me, but I mean, there's nothing you can really do at that point. Right. Um, so I did have to, you know, have continuous fetal monitoring, um, which is fine. Like I knew I'm like, I would rather them watch me and watch him than us not be watched Mm. carefully now that, you know, I have preeclampsia. So, Um, the nurses brought me like every single birth ball. You can imagine peanut ball. Um, they showed me how to unhook my monitor so I could like go to the bathroom. So my husband played nurse and would always like unhook my monitors when I needed to go. Um, and like two hours later, they checked me again and I was almost six centimeters dilated. And so I was like, okay, like this is like working out. And so they're like, well, you don't need any Pitocin. You don't need, you know, really an induction. Like your body's just going to, you know, kick in, keep doing what you're doing. So this is probably like around like four or five o'clock, you know, I'm still laboring and I just kind of feel my contractions start dying out again. And so, um, you know, they told me they're like, Hey, your contractions are dying out. And I'm like, can I have one more chance? I'm like, I want one more chance. I really don't want to use Pitocin. I'm like, I'm like, get me on the peanut ball, you know, whatever position I need to get in. Like, let's, you know, let's just try it before we have to, you know, use other things. And they were like, that's totally fine with me. Um, so I mean, we did everything. They, I mean, I tried homeopathic medicines. I tried essential oils. I was on the peanut ball in like 27 different positions. It felt like I was on the birth ball. And my contractions truly had stalled and it was a true stall because it was hours and hours and hours without contractions. And now at this point it's Tuesday night, my water had broken Sunday night. I'm like, it's, it is now medically indicated. I really need to use Pitocin. I need to get these contractions going. And you were still Um, just six centimeters.
0: Like, yep, okay. Just like hanging out. I wonder Um, if it was that little bit of castor oil then that like kicked in and then died off quick or something.
1: Yeah. I have no idea. Um, And yeah, so we just hung out and nothing happened. So they were like, you know, we're going to use Pitocin or they didn't say we're going to use Pitocin. They suggested it. And I was like, yes, I, um, I'm, I'm going to use that now. And my nurse was phenomenal. I told her, I was like, I want to know everything. And I said, you know, I said, I'm a little nervous about Pitocin. I'm like, it gets a very bad rap. Um, and she said it's because people use it inappropriately, she said, you know, people turn it up too quick or double it too quick. She was like, you know, I promise she was like, we're going to go slow with it. My hope is that it kind of kicks your body back into labor and we can wean off of it. And same thing, my midwife said the same thing. They're like, you know, we're just hoping that you just need a little bit, get your body going and we can bring it back down um and so we started it contractions were fine I still had not had an epidural up to this point um I did tell my husband though on the way to the hospital I said if I have to use Pitocin I said I've heard those contractions are awful and I said I will probably get an epidural and if I ask for it it's because I really want it so we start Pitocin a few hours pass by you know they're upping it little by little no cervical change um and so finally I think I got to like at eight, and the contractions started becoming unbearable. I could not relax. I tried, I was squeezing a comb, I was holding on to the side of the bed, I was in different positions. My husband tried to give me counter pressure, and it did not feel good. I was like, just stop. I was like, I don't like any of this anymore. Um, and then I was just exhausted. I was basically up yeah. for 3 days it felt like mm-hmm. and i was like i really want the epidural i really think it was i'm you know i told myself i was like i think it's a good tool for me at this point um but my contractions were very, 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 very strong. So my midwife, you know, I told her, I was like, I don't know if I want the epidural. I'm kind of back and forth about it. I think it might be a good tool. It's like, especially because my blood pressure is so like high and know it can kind of help with stress and like, it can lower your blood pressure. I know that's like a side effect of it. Um, and she was like, you know, if you're still back and forth she was like, why don't you give it 30 minutes? I'll come back and I'll check you. Let's see if you're making changes because your contractions are very strong. Um, And I was like, that's a good plan. I made it about 10, 15 minutes. I grabbed my husband and I was like, get her. I want the (laughs) epidural right now. Um, And um, they got the anesthesiologist. He was in there within five minutes. It was wonderful. I had a very good epidural experience. I was a little nervous about it. Um, My contractions, I could feel them and I could still move my legs. I couldn't walk. I could still move my legs though, but I could not feel any pain. So it was like a very perfectly dosed epidural. I was able to get some sleep. And then, uh, jet started having some D cells that were not the best in the world. Um, so they suggested, I think it was kind of amniofusion, where Mm -hmm. they, um, basically refill your bag of waters um, to give the baby more cushion. They were concerned that he was compressing his umbilical cord. Um, and so we did the amiofusion. It did help some. Now this is like Wednesday morning, technically. I think this was probably like one or two in the morning. Um, and so we did the amniofusion. Kind of helped, kind of didn't. So they backed off on the Pitocin and they also turned off my epidural because they were wondering if just, it was just too much of everything. Um, and oh my gosh, never turn off your epidural. If you I'm want shocked the epidural. i they turned off your
0: epidural. Yes.
1: Um, if you turn off your epidural, it does not go back into effect the same. Uh, so word of advice, if you want the epidural, don't turn it off. Um, but yeah, so they turned off my epidural. They backed off the Pitocin his heart rate was, you know, better, but it was still kind of not the best in the world. So I kind of like looked over at my husband. And I was like, do you want to call a C-section? Like, do you just like want to get a C-section? Were like, I'm you still kinda... at
0: six centimeters?
1: Yes. Okay. Yep. So I was still maybe six and a half or seven, but it w- it was not enough progress in my head. You know, it'd been hours and hours and hours. I was in, even with the epidural, I thought that epidural would relax me, you know, in three or four hours I would have a baby. Right. And that was not the case. Um, so I looked at my husband, I was like, you know, do you want to just like get a C-section? Like baby will be out in 15, 20 minutes. We don't have to listen to these D-cells anymore. Um, I guess there's different types of D-cells though. Like they weren't necessarily like concerning, like as far as like, they were bouncing back like very quick. It was just like while the contraction and then go back to normal. Um, And so I asked my midwife, I'm like, do you think I need a C-section? Like this baby is just like not coming out. And she was like, you know, I'll talk, you know, to the, you know, OB, but they're like, you know, we really try to prevent primary C-section. So I tried some different positions um, and the only way his heart rate would not decel was me on my back, which was not where I wanted to be. Um, Especially with my water broken, it just felt like so much pressure, I just, I just did not enjoy being on my back, but if it kept his heart rate stable, I was fine with it. Um, So I got probably one or two more hours of sleep and they checked me or they came in and I started throwing up. And of course they're like, Ooh, she's hit transition. Like this is like wonderful. And the epidural, I could still feel my contractions, but they weren't bad. So I thought people threw up in transition because it was so painful, but it's actually hormones, um, that I I found out. So, um, they checked me, I was like nine and a half centimeters. So like, you know, you're almost there. Um, and I labored, I think for like another hour and I was at 10 and, you know, I asked, I was like, you know, what was the station? Like, am I like low? Can I labor down? They're like, no, like his head's like right there when the OB came in to check me, because now the the OB and the midwife are now like, um, like providing care together, right, just right. because my situation is now a little bit more high risk. Um, and he was, he said, Oh, I didn't know why, like, your labor's been kind of on and off. He's asynclitic. And I'm like, oh, Of first. course he is. I'm like, okay. Um,
0: I'm like, I didn't even know that could happen. And asynclitic means like he's a little just like tweaked in there, just a little yep. bit. You know, it's not OP or sunny side up necessarily. It just means his head is just maybe coming down a little bit funky, I guess. Yeah.
1: So he said it probably was ear to shoulder. And then yep. he was also looking off to the side. He, what he almost from what it sounded like he was in every single wrong position aside from breach, um, which made sense on my labor was so spotty. Yes. percent. Um, so, um, they're like, you know, you can start pushing, you know, I didn't really feel an urge, but I forgot what station I was. I was at the lowest station. Like there was no, I couldn't labor down. Like I could, laboring down would be, he was outside of me. So I started pushing and I pushed for about two hours, Um, and I was absolutely delirious while pushing. I was so exhausted. Mm -hmm. I was like crying. I told the midwife, just pull him out. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was like, well, I could use a vacuum. And before I could even finish, like to say no, she was like, but there's risk. So I really liked that. It wasn't just like, let's just use forceps or let's just use a vacuum, get it over with. Um, you know, I told her, I said, if I need a vacuum delivery, I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and tell you now, take me for a C-section. I'm like, I do not want to use a vacuum. I do not want to use forceps. Um, so we pushed for two hours. He was there. Um, he did um, have meconium and he was blue when he came out. So I was kind of mentally prepared for that. I don't think my husband was quite as mentally prepared for that. You know, when your baby's born and they're blue and they're not crying, um, but they had the warmer set up right beside of me. So the nurses, while they were working on them, like was in like a hand's reach from me, essentially. Um, and they explained to my husband and kind of to me, but I was kind of being repaired. Um, you know, they told me they, they were explaining everything that we're doing. They're like, he looks okay. We're just going to help him with a few breaths. He just, you know, his lungs just need to inflate, you know, that one good time, get that nice, good, you know, breath in, but, you know, he's going to be okay. Um, and so probably within five, 10 minutes, he was all good. They laid him on my chest. Um, and then I was still being repaired and, um, And yeah, so then we were discharged 24 hours later and um, we got home and something just did not feel right down there. I know I had just given birth but something just did not feel right at all. Um, And so my husband helped me to the bathroom and he kind of looked and he was like, this is not right. He was like, I don't want to like make you insecure because like, I know like you just had a baby, but he was like, this does not look like you just had a baby. Like this looks like something wrong. And I was like, take a picture. Like he's talking he- about
0: your, you're like suturing your, your yeah. repair. Okay. Yeah. What was your tear? What did they tell you?
1: They told me it was a second degree tear. Okay. So they told me it was second degree and they were like, but you didn't tear like through your butthole or anything. You yeah. just had like, you know, second degree. Classic. Like,
0: That's pretty classic yep, for yep, first they time were, mom.
1: Yep. Yep. That's what I was told. So okay. um he takes a picture and I look and I'm like, no, this is wrong. All my stitches had come undone and come out. So wow. I call the emergency number, like the midwife on call number, and I said, Hey, I said, I think all my sutures have come out. Like there's like skin that's from my inside hanging out of me. And I'm like, and I am in severe pain. Also CVS did not, uh, um, fill my prescription pain medication that they gave me. Like I think it was like 800 milligram ibuprofen. Um, they didn't even fill it. So like I've had no pain management Mm. now, uh, for like eight hours, nine hours and all my stitches have come out. Um, so I call them back Um, And the midwife was like, yeah, definitely come in. Like, let's look at it. Let's assess it. So I go into the birth center and the midwife was like, yeah, I don't know. Like what, this is a different midwife than the one that delivered and repaired. Yeah, This was a different midwife than what delivered and repaired me. So I, um, I go in, she looks and she was like, yeah, she's like, I can't like send you home without re-repairing you. Like Mm -hmm. it's pretty extensive. So I'm like, this means I have to be renumbed, right? And she's like, yeah, you're going to want to be numb. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, um, Meanwhile, I left my one day old baby with my mom. Yeah. I did not bring a pump with me mm-hmm. and I had formula at home and I was planning on breastfeeding and I didn't even have any bottles. I had an, a bottle that Amazon sent me for free from my baby registry, like the Dr. Brown's bottle. So told my mom, I'm like, here's formula, here's a bottle. I have to go be re-repair, like something's wrong. Um, they repair me. It probably takes like an hour, hour and a half. Um, And they did it at the birth center. They did it at the birth center. And um, the midwife kind of looked at me and was like, did you have antibiotics like during your labor? And I'm like, yeah. And she was like, whoa. And I'm like, do I need antibiotics now since I have to have a re-repair? I was like, please give them to me. Like I am, I'm crunchy until the point where I don't need to be. And then I'm like, you know, I, I'm like, I'll take anything at this point. Like, just give me the antibiotics. She said, well, I think like, you'll be fine. So I get sent home and stitches I mean over the next few weeks still like do not feel right I'm not having any incontinence thank goodness but like pooping peeing I'm still in like severe pain um and you know this is now four or five weeks after birth I cannot sit I cannot stand um it was terrible. So I reach out to like the, I guess like nurse, like on the portal, like a patient portal. And, you know, I told her, I'm like, I'm still using my peri bottle. I'm sitting on a heating pad. I'm doing all this stuff. And I was like, and I'm still like needing to rotate through Tylenol ibuprofen. And that's like a lot of medication to take, you know, four, five weeks straight. Yes, absolutely. And so she told me, she's like, well, do you have a fever? No. They're like, all right, well, you don't really have any signs of an infection. And I'm like, okay. So I just, I'm like, maybe I just had a rough delivery, but everyone that I know that even had a baby a week after me, they're like, can kind of do some like normal things. So finally at my six week appointment, Now, this is not the midwife that delivered me, and this was not the midwife that re-repaired me, but this is a midwife that I saw throughout my pregnancy. So I was very comfortable with her. She like walked in the room, you know, she knew me by name. He's like, how are you? I just started bawling. I was like, something's wrong. I'm like, my stitches are wrong. Oh, and I forgot to mention, uh, like two days after my re-repair, I'd called the emergency number again because my stitches still did not feel right. I did not have any external stitches, Um, they only repaired, I guess, internally. And they said, you know, because it's only a second degree tear, you don't really need external stitches because that can cause a lot of scar tissue to build up. And Mm -hmm. it's just better to let the skin kind of like come together and kind of repair on its own. Um, So I've reached out about my stitches like three or four times, but so now I'm at my six week appointment. And I'm like crying. I'm like, something doesn't feel right. So she looks and she was like, this is not healed. Like it's supposed to be. Um, I think you might need a re-repair under anesthesia. Um, but she said, you know, I need to get a second opinion from, you know, our OB. And so he came in, he looked at it and was like, well let's try some estrogen cream and you definitely oh I was having green discharge by this point and they're like you need to you know they get, they put me on like an antibiotic um I was really concerned about the estrogen cream because it, I know estrogen can drop your milk supply um he told me that that wouldn't happen my midwife said you know it could just throw in some extra pumping sessions um and so I started using the estrogen cream my milk supply dropped drastically. I went from pumping like four or five ounces to like half an ounce to an ounce. What? It was like ridiculous. Um, so I just stopped with the estrogen cream and now I'm six weeks postpartum and I went back. I wasn't supposed to go back for like three weeks. I wanted to give it time to heal. Um, but I called a week later and I said, I'm still bleeding. I'm still wearing diapers. I'm bleeding heavily. My tear is completely open. I just have a huge gash. And I'm in so much pain, you know, I don't know what to do, essentially. Like, I need to be seen. Um, so, they bring me back in. Um, now, they just schedule me with the OB, not with any of the midwives, because now it's kind of getting to where, you know, you would need an obstetrician versus a midwife. Mm-hmm. And he looked at it and he was like, well, we can try silver nitrate. Um, and then I had like skin still like hanging out of me. I have no idea what that skin was. So they renummed me again. So like nine shots all down there, super fun time. Um, he clipped, I don't know what he clipped. So oh, this is in like skin. your
0: third repair, essentially,
1: essentially. Okay. Um, yeah. And, um, he cut, whatever he did, he did the, is it the nitrate, like silver nitrate where mm-hmm. like they burn the skin. Um, and then he gave me two shots of rosethan directly into where my tear was, um, on like either side that was so painful. I literally like, almost passed out. Like I started getting tunnel vision stuff. I'm like, I'm going to pass out. I'm going to pass out. Um, and, um, of course I was already laying down. So I like really couldn't pass out, which I kind of wish I would have just like blacked out. (laughs) So, so like a few weeks later, I'm still not, I mean, I'm not feeling any better. I'm looking at myself still huge gash. It's not healing. I'm frustrated now I'm nine, 10 weeks postpartum. I'm miserable. I feel like crap.
0: You're oh, taking care of a
1: newborn. I'm taking care of a newborn. I, all my friends that had babies are now, you know, exercising, having sex, doing yeah. like, you know, back kind of, you know, into life. And I am just cannot sit, cannot stand. I could, I could not baby wear. It hurts so bad even to use like a baby carrier, wow. holding him hurt, couldn't get on the floor with him to do tummy time. Um, I was miserable. And so I reached out to my sister-in-law who is an L&D nurse. She's been a nurse for like, I think like 17 years. Like she has lots of experience. Um, I kind of should have told her what was going on before, but I just like waited. because I was just super hopeful that it would just, I don't know, fix itself. Yeah. So I called her and I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm 10 weeks postpartum. I'm not feeling good. Like something is wrong. Um, and she, she was about an hour away. She's like, send me a picture. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't care who sees this at this point. Like I am miserable. And she called me back and she was like, Savannah, that does not look right. Um, she said, I'm going to get you in touch with my doctor. I have his personal number. She said, I will, this is on a Sunday night. Um, she said, I will text him tomorrow morning, which would be Monday morning. Um, and I'm going to see if he can like get you in like very soon. Um, and that Monday I was also supposed to have, um, an appointment with the OB, like a follow-up from the birth center. But, um, you know, I told my husband, I said, regardless what this OB says or does, I said, I'm not, I'll go and just listen, but I'm not trusting him to re-repair me. I'm not doing any of that. They've kind of pushed me around, keep throwing antibiotics around it, keep burning it. I said, I need to be stitched again. Like something is very wrong. Um, And my sister-in-law kind of confirmed that she was like, that does not look right. Mm -hmm. Um, So she texts her doctor and ironically enough uh, that evening, the doctor from birth center's assistant calls me. and was like, Hey, his flight got canceled. So um, he's not going to be able to make it in for your appointment. And I'm like, perfect. That's a God thing. (laughs) And I I have not spoken to them since. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, yeah, so my sister-in-law's doctor um, said, where does she give birth? I'm going to pull all of her records and I will see her today at four because it sounds like she needs to come in very fast. So I went and I saw him, I explained the entire situation to him. And I said, I think I have a third degree tear and it was not repaired to the extent a third degree tear needs to be repaired to. And he said, based off on what you're saying, I think you're correct. Um, and so he went to look and he was like, almost oh, you could almost tell he was like, how are you even like handling this much pain? He was like, I don't even feel comfortable doing a vaginal exam on you. Um, you have so much granulation tissue, so much scar tissue. Um, it, it just, it looked awful. Um, so he's like, I'm gonna get you scheduled in um, for your surgery. He said, this repair really should be done under anesthesia. I want you comfortable. And he said, I am worried that you could have a fistula um, And, um, so he's like, I'm going to have one of our like general surgeons back there and use like a rectoscope to make sure you did not tear through any of your bowels and just to make sure everything's okay. And he said, because once you're already under anesthesia, if you do need to be repaired, he's like, let's get it all done. Let's not make this any more traumatizing for you. You've had, you know, it's been 10 weeks, you know, we just want to get this all done.
0: Was this an OB in the Charlotte area that you saw? It Concord. Okay.
1: Yep. So I went to him and we got scheduled. And then by 12 weeks postpartum, I had my surgery. Um, I was so nervous about it. I'm like, am I even going to be repaired correctly this right. time? Will I ever feel the same? Right. Um, and I was repaired. And within three or four days of being repaired correctly, I felt like better than I had my whole 11 weeks postpartum wow um he said there was a little bit more extensive damage than you know what he originally had expected but i didn't have a fistula but my rectum was bulging up through my vagina and that's why it felt very weird to like poop and just function Mm -hmm. he said even the or nurses like commented about like how much pain i like they were like i don't even know like how she was like functioning And they were kind of like, I don't even know like why they kept throwing antibiotics and nitrate and all this stuff at it because I needed a repair. So all of the bands of muscle too that I had torn through was never repaired because I asked, I said, was this just me not healing correctly or was I not repaired correctly? And he was, you know, the providers don't want to talk badly about other providers, but he was like, you were never repaired correctly. And that was the issue. Um, So... I had my surgery and I am now eight weeks past my surgery. I just had my final follow-up yesterday. I'm like clear for exercise. Now I feel amazing. Um, and then I'm starting a pelvic floor physical therapy actually tomorrow. So I feel a world, a world better. Um, yeah. So it's been a long postpartum because now I'm, I'm 20 weeks postpartum. Um, I do want to note though that I had actually asked a mom's group on Facebook, like anonymously about, you know, I was like, has anyone like had a tear that didn't heal right? And on episode 94, her name's Rachel Campbell. She was on, um, she actually commented and was like, Hey, like you can message me. Um, I had kind of something similar happen to me. So I messaged her and then, you know, she was like, oh yeah, you can hear more about my story on the What the Bump podcast. And I was like, oh my gosh, I like distinctly remember listening to your story about everything. And so I kind of like connected with her. um, And apparently this is not um, as uncommon as you would think. I probably had about eight to 10 women like comment back to me and tell me like, yep, this happened to me. Um, if they're offering you surgery, get the surgery. I was terrified of surgery. I was terrified to go under anesthesia. I would do it all again because I feel so much better. Now for future births, because I had such an extensive tear and now I've been repaired essentially like three to four times, I have a ton of scar tissue. I think for our next birth, we are going to do a planned C-section it was kind of 50 50. I was going kind of going back and forth on it, but I cannot like risk tearing like this again, especially, you know, if I only needed like one repair, I'd probably feel differently. Yeah. But because I had so many, I think just with the risk of like the scar tissue, um, my surgeon said, you know, he said, you could try for a vaginal delivery again. He said, I wouldn't have, you know, any problems with you, right. you know, doing that. But he was like, if you wanted a C-section, unfortunately he doesn't deliver babies anymore, which I'm really sad about. Oh. Because like, you know, if you wanted a C-section, he said, I think like you have a good reason to. This is not a, a reason that someone would brush off and say, Oh no, you can't have a C-section. Right. Like, you know, you would definitely you definitely qualify for right. one. So yeah we're thinking next baby, it will probably be a C-section, which I'm honestly, I know I like planned an, a medicated all natural like, water birth, yeah. but I'm actually kind of excited. I'm like, I can just a lot less of a roller coaster i feel like
0: so and and you know what when it comes to those types of things like it's so easy for somebody on the outside to be like oh you know don't have another c section have another vaginal birth blah 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 but nobody knows what you went through like and and i love hearing your full story because like i totally understand why you'd have another c section like every woman You know, might handle that differently or choose differently, but nobody knows like in depth the trauma that you went through. I could not imagine being, you know, week twelve weeks postpartum and you still feel awful and you've undergone almost three to four, you know, repairs of your perineum, unable to sit and do tummy time. And I'm sure, you know, you can even baby wear like those little things on a day to day basis. I mean, my heart goes out to you because I know how hard I struggled postpartum without you know, those complications as well. Um, So I just cannot imagine how hard that was for you. I remember messaging on Instagram. Yep, yeah, and- I messaged you and have like, do you know any doctors that can like do repairs just in case like I can't find anyone? And you're oh. like, oh yeah, this is what I recommend. Yeah. And and I just remember every, you know, I, th- I think I talked to you like two or three times and you'd be like, yeah. oh like I'm I think I'm starting to feel better. I had it repaired. And then I remember the next time I talked to you, you're like, oh no, I have to go back under like general and I was like what? I like, thought- what's going on? <laughs> I was like oh my gosh. So I was excited to have you on and hear your story because I knew bits yeah. and pieces. Um I'm so happy to hear that you're finally feeling better yes girl you you did not have it easy
1: no uh, I did not <laughs> you did
0: but you know Aww. you did amazing and here you are finally feeling good yes. I saw your Instagram post this morning working yes. out which yes. I'm so happy for
1: you I know. I'm so excited I'm like oh Finally, I like feel good enough because throughout my pregnancy, I really just didn't feel great to even work out. And then I was yeah. so excited and like postpartum, like six weeks will come and I'll be able to like, you know, start easy back in. And it was just kind of like a slap in the face of like, ah, eh, no, you're not. You're going to be five or six months postpartum before you start working out again, but it's all good. Um, I definitely have a better perspective now, especially with, you know, working with pre and postnatal clients. Oh, it's yeah, one, one thing to like read about it and then it's one thing to experience it yes. completely different.
0: Yes. Yes. It, it totally is. So I know now you said you're he, 20 weeks, right? 20 weeks. Most part. Yep. Okay. Yep. How? And, and you're, you're feeling good getting back into the swing of it. You have the cutest yes. baby ever.
1: Thank you. He's so sweet. We love him so much. Yeah.
0: He, I think he looks a lot like you. Do you get that a lot?
1: Everyone says that. Which my is poor so husband. rare.
0: And <laughs> my poor
1: husband's like, does he not
0: look like me at all? I'm like, apparently everyone says no. He looks he, exactly he like He looks me. like you. They most of the time look like their dads. Um, but your your baby looks like you. <laughs> yes. I I I kind of deserve it after everything that I went through. You absolutely deserve it. <laughs> that that is amazing I I mean I love your birth story and like you said I think a huge thing is it didn't go as you planned um but I love that you had plan ABC um and and it was great because you were able you felt confident and empowered and educated no matter which way your birth went yeah and I think that that is so 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 important if you you know no matter what you plan for your birth to have a plan for every single outcome and even with your c section like you going into this next one you know, whenever you do it to plan a C-section, you can still plan a beautiful family-centered empowered C-section too. Yep.
1: Yep. And that's kind of our, our whole goal. So
0: yes, that is amazing. Well, Savannah, if you had one piece of like advice, what would it be for new moms, pregnant mamas, second time mamas, whatever? Oh
1: gosh. I used, I truly utilized anyone that offered to help. I was like, Please come over, um, especially because I was in so much pain. Like, my mom stayed over for a few weeks, and then my in-law stayed over for a few weeks. And then um, my mom came back and stayed over. But anyone that offered to come over, I was like, please come help me. Um, and then, if something feels wrong with your stitches, do not hesitate, bug your provider. It is fine. It is your body. You know when something is wrong push for it. And if they don't listen, go somewhere else, because I promise that there's a doctor that's going to listen to you and repair you correctly.
0: (laughs) Yes. I love that. It goes over like the general theme of almost every woman's birth story. needs to advocate for yourself, you know, advocate for what you want, for what you know, for what feels right. um, Because if you don't do it, nobody's going to, and you that, you know, they would have probably left you feeling kind of crappy, taking antibiotics on and off for a long time until eventually everything probably would have died down pain wise a little bit, but would have definitely not been right. So, oh yeah, yeah, that I think that that is huge and so important and definitely take help. I feel like, you know, you offer to help people and they're like, oh, okay, I'll let you know where I'm good. And I love that you were like, yes, come over. Yes. I was like, please come help me that's, that's amazing. And you know, you have to be willing and, and accept everything. Yep. <laughs> awesome. 100%. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for sharing your birth story.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. And it's so fun to be on it because I've been listening to your podcast since like before I even started trying to get pregnant. So, Oh, that's amazing. That makes
0: me so happy. <laughs> yep. Thank you for listening to another episode of What the Bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at whatthebumpclt. Check out our website, whatthebumpclt.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.